Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Squat Cobbler. You missed us for a week there, and we missed you too. I am Dr. Mike at Official Pagan on Everything, and joining me as always. Hi, everybody. This is Kelly at K E L L Y T H U L on Twitter and Instagram. Now, for this week, I, as Kelly puts it, called the squat, and I thought we would do one of Kelly's favorite type of episodes, a squat on the issues episode. This may change my position on squat on the issues. We'll see. I have to be honest, both with Kelly and with you guys, our lovely listening audience. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just thought since we have done, you know, a little bit of topical stuff, we should maybe comment to some degree on sort of what's going on in the world right now and just not even what's going on in the world because I don't think while we're obviously geniuses and more than qualified to tell the government how this country should be run and to tell you guys how to live your lives I don't think now is necessarily the time for that so maybe we should just kind of say for everyone where we are in all of this I think that that's fair but we could we have the ability (laughs) to provide guidance at multiple levels but I think it might be better just kind of do a bit of our experiences over the past couple of eventful weeks. Yes, and and honestly, I think guidance may be a little weak. I, I mean, I would say iron-fisted dictation. Which, which we're not doing tonight, but that's what we could do. So I'm, I'm with that. No, no fisting tonight. Good. <laughs> Thank goodness. So, Kelly. <laughs> no. No, I'm not. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. See? Oh, yes, you Filthy were. mind. <laughs> Neither am I. I have big hands. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I mean, I understand logistically how it would work, but I don't need to see that. So, anyway, how have you been the past couple weeks, sir? Uh, well, and, you know, you hit on it at the beginning of the show is that we're kind of off a week uh, in terms of both nurture and support and squat cobbler. And it just basically, Mike, Mel and I get together from, from time to time. Sometimes we'll do a couple shows and get a couple in the bank. But we were, the cupboard was bare and we were needing to get a nurture and support done and a squat cobbler done. And kind of with everything going on. And then as I talked to Mike and as I talked to Mel and I had my own experiences, we kind of said, as fascinating and rewarding as our podcast is to everybody, none of us were really in the mood <laughs> to, to do it, and it just didn't seem like a good time. So past couple weeks have been interesting. I'm in Illinois. This is the other part that will be interesting in this conversation is you'll get to kind of hear what a middle-sized city in Illinois had going on, uh, and then what kind of Philadelphia had going on as well. I'm in Illinois, and our governor's been on the conservative side of us starting to open up. So he finally began to loosen things up a little bit. So we were starting some processes. Restaurants could open, but you had to eat outdoors. Some of the retail could start to open up, but we're going a little slower than, than some right now. Probably largely driven by the experience in Chicago, which isn't the experience of the rest of the state, but I get it. So things were starting to, to loosen up, and then other events began to occur that kind of just totally evaporated any sort of pandemic conversation on the news. Then we began to have to deal with other things. Uh, how were how were your last couple of weeks? Eventful, I would, I would certainly say. So as everybody knows, and as we've talked about on this show already, pandemic, global pandemic, I think everybody's kind of aware of that. You guys are aware of, you know, where our particular areas are falling on that. It's been pretty much a lockdown situation, I think, for both of us. Philadelphia has been, has been pretty shut up. And I, I think there were places that were opening prior to us. And granted, we are a larger city, so maybe that's a part of it. I, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know the machinations of how these decisions are being made. But 
you know, we were we were kind of on the later side. So the video that surfaced that we should just comment on right away, I think, to get it to get it over with the very extremely difficult to watch video that surfaced that has caused all of these protests and given rise in, in to more violence in some places, uh, including here in Philadelphia. The video had come out. We were still under pretty heavy lockdown, I would say. And I, I don't think this is, you know, news to anybody. This isn't the first video like this that's come out, particularly in the past couple of years. I feel, I, I mean, clearly this stuff has, has been happening all over. But I feel like in the past couple of years, the coverage of it is ramped up and the general sort of outrage of it is ramped up. Do you think that's a fair assessment. So the, definitely the coverage on this one was ramped up without it, without a doubt. I think, you know, this nestled in, there were several other things that kind of happened before it that uh, also kind of played into the same area of concern. So I think that, that gave it some juice. And then also it was just such a harrowing. I mean, you, you basically were in the front row of seeing what was happening here and it was a pretty complete picture of what was happening. And, uh, and I think just the, the horribleness of what what happened also just i mean it, it it had to be seen it had to be addressed and so i do think a lot of it had to deal with what was captured and what we've kind of seen over time is the ability of more and more of these things to be captured uh, continues to increase you go back you know a few years ago and you're not going to get as, as much but now you get a ton of it so i think there may be a slight leaning to cover it more but i think there were a lot of things that went into this that totally made it made perfect sense on why it was covered to the degree and and provoked the reaction it did and a lot of people have asked me what i and i'm not qualified to comment on this in any way so please anybody listening to this you know i'm not qualified to talk about this i think that and and the reason i think that people are asking me is so i'm i'm sure kelly's aware a couple years ago I, i put out a song called killing culture which i was explicitly told by friends and different people in the industry not to put that song out because it dealt with videos of police brutality and the lyrics to the song juxtaposing that with other violence in the media and things like that to a large degree that was the idea idea of our friend carl kevorkian we already had the theme that kind of touched on that kind of stuff for the song and he really took it there to a much more intense degree when a lot of people heard the lyrics to that they were like hey change those lyrics or don't put that out or different things like that we stood our ground on and put that out though And uh, so I think a lot of people are like, well, what do you think the difference is? My personal experience, people ask me what I think the difference is, you know, from because we put out that song a couple years ago. So obviously this was something that was getting a lot of media coverage then. So why is it now that we've seen such a big change? And I think Kelly hit that from, again, my completely unqualified position. I think Kelly hit on it. The fact that this was such a long, harrowing thing to watch. This wasn't, you know, a video of something that that's over in a couple of seconds. This this was a long, difficult thing to watch. And I think that that's the difference, maybe. And again, I obviously I can't speak for how other people feel, but I think that's what the difference is from what we had seen before to what we're seeing now. And then, of course, this happened during the pandemic while we're all locked down on quarantine. So when the completely expected, I would say, protests began, at least in my city, I don't know about in yours, in, in our city here, we were still very much completely locked down. Yeah, we were pretty much as well. Yeah, and I, I know some states were already reopening, probably ahead of where I. it sounds like either of us were. We were still pretty much completely locked down, though. And it led to... At least here on my, I, I don't know if you guys implemented anything like this. We had uh, 
supposedly enforced curfews that went into effect. And I, I want to say it was eight or nine days straight we had an enforced curfew here. Yeah, I think having to kind of go back but i so we did on the on the first night where we had a lot of action there there was no curfew actually there was never there never was a curfew for us enforced it at all uh, at the state level or at the city level which is i think in my opinion unfortunate in that because this gets in a little bit is that by and large with everything that's been happening here there's there's kind of two groups of people that activated there's a group of folks that are kind of saying see here's something we've been talking about for a long time and let's not have this do a week news cycle and go away but stuff's got to change this is a problem and then you had folks going wow a lot of unrest i think maybe i can take advantage of this <laughs> cause a little havoc uh, that really weren't looking to move the ball anywhere in my opinion look the ball to move anywhere forward but just to kind of cause destruction and the nice part on a curfew is you have a potential to at least create some level of separation i think some of the protests would still have continued on past curfew but you know you start to be able to get a bead on we're past curfew and there's a whole group of people gathering outside a uh, mall store maybe uh maybe we should go take a look at that <laughs> and so it gives you something a, a little better so i could i think it could have helped but i think the biggest problem is, is i haven't seen any place and i'd be interested in what your experience was in philadelphia where there was a lot of folks either on the protest side or on the on the other side, adhering to it, there there wasn't a lot of compliance to the to the curfews. The the curfew existed, but at least in the beginning, I, I don't think anybody was really paying attention to it. And there was at least here, and again, I can't speak for everybody. I can't speak for anywhere else, but what's in front of me, there was a very clear line from what I saw between those two groups because I knew a lot of people who were out at the protests. A lot of people are involved in that, and of course, in the social media age, with everything being sort of real time update. I see people that I know who I who I know or who I you know trust their feedback on what's going on there posting things like oh this is great you know there's a thousand people gathered here and everybody's peaceful and the interactions are great and all this and then I would see someone else post something and it was fires and turned over cars and people screaming bloodied up running through the streets and things like that so i mean there was there was two very distinct things happening in this city our cities are two significantly different sized cities but that that was basically our our experience too in terms of so uh, you know we didn't have as much of the the fires and that kind of stuff ours was mostly confined to looting in a couple locations and that was a kind of a difference there but but yeah, I think distinctly different as documented by social media by both camps, <laughs> you know, because you could, yeah, you could, you could see the the energy and the the earnestness of the protesters and what the message they're trying to get across and seeing kind of what any interactions are and drawing your own conclusions from that, and then you get to see the other footage, which is people scrambling through a broken door. The most polarizing for me, and I'm not going to use anybody's names. I mean, it'd be easy enough for anybody who follows me on social media to figure out who they are, and that's fine. I just don't want to speak for anybody else. It's, I mean, they posted this stuff themselves, so it's not me like outing anything. I, I just don't want to speak for anybody else. But a former musician friend of mine who actually played with Pagan for a while is very involved in local politics, and he he was involved in organizing some peaceful protest stuff. He was posting some stuff of like him on a street corner with some friends, and they were holding up signs, and people were like honking and cheering them and stuff like that at the same time 
another friend of mine who I know from the movie side of things, he's a horror movie director who lives in the area, was posting video of him driving down main stretch of road that isn't very far from me. And he he just kind of like sat his cell phone on his dashboard and you couldn't see out of the windows. All you could just see is smoke and then flames breaking through the smoke here and there and hear what sounded like explosions and things like that. And then flashes of people running back and forth. It looked like war zone footage. And that was at the same time those things were happening. Yeah, and it just, it was, the contrast is stark. He said, all this is going on. And of course, ultimately, everything's ultimately about Mike and I anyway. And so, you know, we had a podcast to record. We were talking about that. And you start. We're like, what this world really needs, though. (laughs) This is, it's us going through a playlist of some songs. This will turn the corner. I have a country playlist, damn it. So then it just came down to, well, I don't really know if uh, if you'll be able to hear me because there might be explosions or fire, those types of things. And so said we had what I would call crafty looters that were, you know, so we don't have a massive police presence, but we do have, it's reasonable. But they, the, the first, they basically overwhelmed the first night, they overwhelmed the police at a target. And just cleaned it out because it just, there was, at some point it just became unsafe for the officers to stay. So they backed out and they just cleaned the thing out. The next night, a little more prepared, uh, a Coles uh, was the object of affection and uh, they kind of fainted. <laughs> you know, they, they, they sent a bunch of people pounding on the door on like the north side and action there. And so everybody kind of collected there, which allowed them to come over to the south side and gain entry and, and kind of do the stuff there. So there was at least a lot of organizational planning and I'm not going to name names or go into a whole lot of detail either, but probably the most sobering thing for me on that crew, there were some arrests that night. And unfortunately, one of the looters decided to bring their 12 year old child with them for the, for the visit, which was kind of a special kind of wow for for stuff going on so kind of some strangeness on our side you had some kind of unique activities occurring regarding atms i believe in philadelphia correct yeah that kind of became the thing so the first few days and what kelly was alluding to as far it was more me saying you wouldn't be able to hear me if we were to record now uh because it was just day and night non-stop sirens and loud noises in the distance sirens close by loud noises in the distance and then when swat teams started bringing i i don't know what you would call them not like tanks but there was like larger armored vehicles through the neighborhoods and then after a few days of just non-stop fire essentially the national guard was brought in so which didn't help bring down the noise volume um so it was it was 24 7 loud noises here for probably four or five days straight at least where i am so uh, so you never you never stepped out and said excuse me we're gonna record a squat cobbler tonight <laughs> Could you could you all keep it down? You didn't yeah. you didn't give it hey, guys. Uh you're all familiar with squat cobbler. Hey, I know everybody's kind of involved in some stuff right now, but uh you're all squatties, right? I mean, we gotta get another one in the can. <laughs> um so yeah, that it would have been an issue uh as far as recording went, for me particularly. Once the National Guard got here, it seemed like and again, it, it could just be that it the it, it kind of cycled itself out a little bit. The more violent Elements of this that had started the first few nights were dying off already. And then maybe with the additional presence of the National Guard, maybe that calmed it down a little. And then over the next few days, they they made a couple of changes to, to a few public monuments that had long, 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 long been lightning rods in this city since long before I was born. <laughs> These were 
These, these were very contested things that have, I would say, near annually caused large scale protests and things like that since I was a child. So they did take care of those. And that was a big focal point on a local level of what the protesters were looking to get done. So that probably helped a little bit. Like I said, the National Guard, but as the, the general mayhem died down something new started happening and of course there was looting and everything like kelly said there's tons and tons of video of looting here i'm curious to see over the next few weeks particularly on social media how some of this pans out because there's lots of people like close-up video of them looting with no masks on or anything so i i am sort of curious when people start to get tagged in looting videos what's gonna happen that was my first thought watching that as i was like facebook's gonna like auto tag somebody in one of these videos but yeah lots of looting and everything but like i said it all kind of died down then a new thing sort of sprung up while all this was going on and the protests again the 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 core people who were who were actually out to bring attention to this issue consistently delivered the the peaceful side of the protests and those were able to continue and the other stuff sort of started to die down but what picked up around here was people using bombs to try and break into atms specifically dynamite according to the news reports so a lot of banks were broken into but people were not really getting very much money so I'm going to let everybody in on a little secret here. Banks don't have vaults filled with money. That's a thing that's in movies. <laughs> that's that's not a thing that's at your local bank. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of money in there. There are places near you, and I probably shouldn't go into too much detail about this. There are businesses in here. You, I'm not going to give specific details. There are businesses in everybody's neighborhood, though, that have way more cash on hand than a bank does. I know this because I've worked in finance for well over a decade, working with banks and different things like that. So take my word for it. Banks don't have as much money in them as you think they do. Because again, that's not where your money's held. It's not like a guy stashing it in a room in the back. There's no Scrooge McDuck vault where somebody's swimming through gold pieces. Not that there isn't money there. Or there isn't valuables there, just not to the degree that in people's minds from watching heist movies believe they're too big. So they were breaking into banks, breaking into the teller drawers and things like that. And I guess not getting the amount of money that they were anticipating. So people started trying to break into ATMs, which is very difficult because they're built to be resistant to such things because a lot of times ATMs are on the outside of the buildings or at least there's some sort of outdoor access to them. I'm sure there is where Kelly is as well. So they're, they are built to be resistant to such things. So someone along the line got the idea, let's blow up the ATM. I don't know how effective this is, but a lot of people tried that we had many, many explosions over the course of a few days that you could hear all over the city because, you know, dynamite, including somebody who blew themselves up trying to dynamite one of these ATMs. Yeah, I guess that's a lesson learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't imagine kind of hearing that because that's like going to war zone kind of noise yeah yeah it really added to the whole ambiance of watching once the national guard guard got here actual military vehicles and explosions <laughs> added to the mix yeah. maybe on a, a lighter note or a brighter note how have things been the past couple days it, it's changed significantly when we hit there was and and again there the one thing and i don't know again because i'm no expert on this it's not like i'm looking for these statistics it doesn't seem like compared to what has happened here the past couple of weeks there's been way less death luckily than you would anticipate there have been people who've died but not as many as you would think considering i just said 
people were using dynamite all over the city. <laughs> so considering that, not nearly as many people as I would have assumed seem to have died from this. Some looters were killed. A few, I'm sure a few protesters. I know there were some injured police officers, severely injured. I don't know if they all survived or not. But considering the what I'm sure is tens of millions of dollars of damage to the city, it was basically on fire for two or three days. And then people started using dynamite all over the city. So considering all of that, I the loss of life could have been far worse than it's already been. By this past weekend, they were anticipating huge problems this past weekend because the largest of the peaceful planned demonstrations was this weekend, this past weekend. So of course they were anticipating major, major problems, but it seems like it largely went off without a hitch. There was a few things that happened, but it seemed more like the few outliers who were still trying to just stir up some destruction and, and mayhem in their wake, trying to to force their way into that and were just quickly sort of sort of pulled away from that. And it seems like the the actual demonstrations that were allowed to happen this past weekend, even though they were much larger scale. And again, to me, that really reinforces the two different things that were happening here, because when these even larger scale protests happened, there was very little issues compared to what there's been. They finally, I believe it was Sunday night lifted or, or Monday morning, I guess, officially lifted our curfew. Uh, so we're no longer under a curfew as of last night, I guess. And also this coincides with today was the day we start our <laughs> slow reopening of the city. It happened to coincide with that as well. So I don't know how that part of it's going. I did read a news report today, though, that we have recently had a big COVID-19 spike here. Because of the time frame, though, that's not in relation to the riots and the protests. That is more the holiday weekend that we just had where people were gathering for cookouts and things like that, despite the lockdown and just not paying attention to that. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting to kind of kind of see what happens because with with everything going on, people kind of oh we we forgot about the pandemic. It it, it won't be there when this is done. It'll, yeah, <laughs> I think it will. I mean, I do. It does look like things are getting better in in a lot of places there, but the pandemic didn't walk away <laughs> during the past couple of weeks. Right. And so we're we're actually trending in Illinois pretty good right now on a lot of things, even even up in Chicago, which has been the hardest hit. Things are are looking much much better. So that'll be that'll be great if we can continue to do that. We're our arc uh, for the pandemic is we go through phases. We are currently in something called phase three, and there's a checkpoint at the end of each month and if certain criteria met we'll go to phase four next and in phase five is when everything's like would be a hundred percent back to normal but the triggers for phase five are uh, pretty steep around you know a widely available vaccine or treatment that doesn't exist right now so for us to kind of say oh everything it's completely business as usual we're still probably a long way away from that but we're at the point churches are going to begin to uh, open more you know they've been doing they're working around either online services and all that but now they're they're going to start to let folks kind of come in under a more controlled basis things are starting to to turn around a little bit there which would be which would be very nice to to do that so yeah we started ours our opening started uh, the beginning of june that's when phase three kind of kicked in. Chicago started closer to Philadelphia, I think, but the rest of the state was able to kind of move move forward a little bit a little bit earlier. Hopefully, things are going to be a little bit better soon on a lot of fronts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got I 
for me, the the first sign, like I guess, decent sign of something was we got mail delivered the other day, which is something that hasn't happened here in over a week. Oh wow! Yeah, they just cut off all mail delivery. There was no uh, public services whatsoever, so trash wasn't picked up, mail wasn't delivered, none of that kind of stuff. We weren't hit that hard on on that, uh, so that was that was fortunate. But my lawn still got cut though. Philly restorations. <laughs> <laughs> There's always somebody who's going to plug away. <laughs> it's Vex's company, so yep. <laughs> that's why I got You get an in there, though. <laughs> so yeah. it's good. <laughs> still got cut. Riots, <laughs> explosions. My lawn was still cut. It seemed, that's good. That's that's refreshing to hear, so that's good. <laughs> so you missed out on the, the explosions part of this, I take it? Yeah. It, uh, so, we're, you know, we're there's a, a Bloomington and a, a city called Normal that are – Sister cities are basically kind of touch touch each other, and they boy that sounded bad. <laughs> yeah, because they tell me more about these touching these sisters. touching sisters. Yeah, they're like a twin cities <laughs> that touch each other. I don't know. That's, still, that's not any better. Uh, again, anyway, it's not me doing any of this. Yeah. I just like to point that out, people. That's true. So total population maybe around one hundred fifty thousand between the two. Uh, we have uh, a major state college in Normal. Uh, that'll bump your population when they're in session, which obviously they're not right now. So we just, we're not a, a huge urban center, but we've also not in the past had a great deal of significant protests. And here we did. There were decent sized gatherings, all again, scaled to the size of the city to a degree, but still a pretty good, pretty good representation uh, in, in the cities there. And then the kind of looting activity, which is re- and really, there was a pretty big concern that property damage and just kind of some of the causing destruction stuff was going to going to happen the following so there's a, a night pretty significant night of looting second night of some looting and and then there was some concern right around that time frame that there was uh some you know when you get to the rumor chains and different things that are out there but the idea to say yeah they're looking to kind of move into some of the residential areas and cause some trouble as well which is kind of sobering to kind of so you may want to kind of keep an eye on things a little bit and uh, and the police are stretched obviously very very thin since they're kind of looking at, at other things so we didn't have any explosions we didn't have any large swaths there was you know, it was probably like under 10 institutions. Each of the two nights, I got some things. And some of it was just like a real shame because one of them was it's a small business. They founded it was a, a bakery and they founded this bakery and started it to give people who were coming out of prison or had some bad luck and those types of things that that's the folks that they were hiring to work there. So they were trying to kind of create something. Hey, we want to have this business, but we want to kind of have it be a place for some of these folks that have, have run uh, into problems one way or another to give them a chance to kind of get a job and do some things and they just there was no money there they just trashed the place broke windows and and damaged it didn't set on fire fortunately but did a lot of damage and so so we had you know a handful of institutions like that a couple looted and uh then it's it's kind of tuckered down but we're you know we're on i-55 you know basically from chicago two hours we're a nice stop for some of the troublemakers that might be out there in the world that are based in a larger city as you kind of go down that that uh, main artery of 55 we're a, we're not a bad little stop for for some of those folks as well and so we were kind of concerned that yeah that's the problem is that this this is all kind of being exported or imported into the city but based on the arrests that kind of came out the next night it was about 70 percent local folks so so it was not this huge influx of 
least at least the either that or the Bloomington folks are a lot dumber than the folks from from outside of Bloomington. <laughs> Much easier to catch, which which could be, you know, because it didn't seem to be that we had a lot of problems being imported, uh, and it was just there was a group of folks that were going to take advantage of other people trying to make a point about something that's really important and with some of the chaos going on to cause some trouble and that's what they did for a little bit but yeah and, uh all our atms are still in one piece <laughs> so uh dynamite sales are not going through the roof here so far knock on wood but it was in- interesting to kind of just say yeah you know there's there's a you know because even the police department posted something on their site saying you know this isn't corroborated it's not sure you know it's not sure however there has been you know some unconfirmed you know uh, information that some of the residential areas might be visited this evening so keep your lights on if you see something call all that kind of stuff and you know, that's that's a different experience and not conducive to podcast recording for sure <laughs> i'm sure you have some of this where you are i'm gonna go out on a limb and obviously you know kelly and i aren't gonna share where we live in a, in a literal sense but you go out on a limb and say you live in a fairly nice neighborhood right That'd be fair. Yeah. Okay. So I I also live in a fairly nice neighborhood and I'm sure every city's like this to a degree, but Philadelphia in my travels and I, I've, I've been lucky enough that I, that I have, you know, a career being in a band where I've gotten to travel. Not that I'm the most traveled person in the world or anything, but I, I I've been to a handful of countries and I've been all over this country multiple times. And, and I feel like one of the things that's a little more unique here and everybody has it, but it's just, a little more intense and extreme here in the sense of, so I grew up in a very, very, very bad area. I now live in, uh, I, so I live in a, I live in Northeastern Philadelphia. It's, it's pretty strictly divided into these different neighborhoods. The neighborhood I grew up in is one of the worst places in the entire city. The neighborhood I live in now is considered one of, one of the more upscale neighborhoods, particularly of Northeast Philadelphia. We are about a mile apart from where I live now, from the actual house I grew up in, which was a house that would be condemned if police were to go into that area. It is when I grew up there, falling down rat infested hellhole that is literally right behind a prosthetic limb factory. I am like a mile away from there in a house I bought off a doctor (laughs) who is retiring and moving, moving to a warmer climate. (laughs) So it's so intense. And it's like that all over the city. Like our, our richest area of the city, the most expensive part of the city is maybe five miles from the absolute worst part of the city. So it's these huge juxtapositions of neighborhoods here. So I was wondering like how that was going to play out, but it, it seems like it was mostly focused in our in our center city area and then looting in banks and malls and things like that it seemed like from my viewing of the coverage though that people's houses were more or less left out of this to a large degree there were people who were still affected by though there was one of the more difficult to watch things that i saw were people who lived above businesses like in apartments that had a business on the lower level that were being looted or set on fire and people desperately trying to get out of those buildings including people jumping out of their windows to try and escape what was going on there but not counting those instances it seems like the residential areas were largely left out of this yeah, and, and this is one of the reasons I think Mike and I work so well as a team is our deeply shared backgrounds because he shared kind of where he grew up. And, and I, I think I, where I grew up, a lot of parallels in that where, where I grew up, nearly all of our neighbors were college professors 
who were Mennonite. So, Seems so it's kind it. it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> the neighborhood where I grew up, which is a little bit better now, like there was there was a brief period where it almost seemed like gentrification would hit it. <laughs> like a couple of businesses opened. There was there was a couple things going on. It didn't last, but it it didn't take for that area. So there like there have been areas that have been gentrified here in Philadelphia. They seemed like they were going to take a shot at that and it just didn't stick. So it is slightly better now though and I had shared with Kelly prior to all of this happening right around the corner from where I grew up a young man was shot 40 times prior to all of the one person was shot 40 times prior to all of this happening and it's a little bit nicer now there than it was when i grew up there i don't know how to follow that (laughs) 40 times 40 times is a lot (laughs) yeah he was sitting in a car it was it was in the middle of the day and there he was sitting in a car waiting for somebody at the playground across the street Wow. And somebody came up and a couple of people came up and shot him a total of 40 times. Well, on that uplifting note. <laughs> Pretty, it's an uplifting city. Yeah. <laughs> really to live in. On a positive note, though, I did record a charity song this week. And this isn't just a shameless plug because I don't make any money off of it. It's a charity song. I did record a charity song. You guys should go check that out. Yeah, we'll, we'll include all sorts of information in the blog post on that. That Mike gets no money from. It is truly a charity post. This is a yeah, this isn't me plugging anything. <laughs> That's for next episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it is plugging, but I don't make anything off of it. So it actually goes to charity. So you guys should go check that out. I, I definitely will. You'll have to send me all the information so I can put it in the blog post and take advantage of it. Anything else you have to add, sir? Not much, except, you know, so we're... We, you know, most of our content is just fun <laughs> and we like to just kind of talk through music and have some fun things there. So it's always kind of weird when we get into some, some of these territories and I know I'm partially responsible for bringing us into them for time to time, but I do think one, and I appreciate Mike suggesting us do this is that I think it is, it's important stuff. And I guess I just, you know, it feels just awkward for me to kind of say anything to folks to, to think about, but I am going to say something for folks to think about, which is, Hey, it'd be really good for us to treat everybody with a, a little bit of kind of respect and kindness and to maybe pay attention to, you know, you may, there may be stuff going on that you've, for whatever reason, chosen not to pay attention to before. And now's the time to start paying attention and where we need to make changes. So our fellow citizens have a, a little better thing going on. We better be doing everything we can do to help support that because uh, it's the right thing to do. I completely agree with Kelly. I have nothing else to add to that. I mean, don't shoot each other 40 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that boils it down well, Mike. <laughs> yeah, to overly simplify right. that, for the people who didn't appreciate Kelly's more elegant way of putting it, shot 40 times. Bad. That's bad. <laughs> All right, and uh, we'll be back to what you usually expect from us uh, next episode. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Alright, I'm gonna stop the broadcast.